Blog Talk Radio. It was beautiful. 
Like, it was really sweet. I had a, it was a love, it, sh- it showed me that there's the love in the world still. <laughs> right? And she really made my day. So it was a really beautiful thing. She really, uh, she she really uplifted my spirits that uh, that morning, and I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting, you know, that because I was about to be grouchy because she almost hit my little my little car. But then I was like, uh, uh-uh. then she then she just went on. She said, I was pulling over here just to tell you that because I was going to catch you getting out of the car and talk to you. And I was like, wow. And I mean, and she she said she felt it so strong on her because she saw me passing by, which is a, and she decided to follow me into. Where I was going, which I wasn't that far. I mean, she was coming out of a different place, and she saw me because I was pulling in, and she's like, "I, I need to talk to her. I need to tell her what she said when God told her." And she, it was really beautiful, and it's always encouraging to me when you have people stop randomly and just tell you you're blessed and and, and God's gonna do this for you and all this stuff. I was like, "Wow!" Because you know what? That to me is like the hand of God. That to me is like God speaking to us, even even in our discouragement, or when we're sad, or when we're not so, or we're going through some things, or we're not quite understanding where everything is going. And then out of the blue, there's somebody who comes and gives you the encouragement and love. Okay, that you don't even know a stranger. See, it shows how God can work through anybody. Okay. So I wanted to share that story with y'all. I thought that was really good. It was really sweet. Okay. <laughs> now today, oh my God, I'm about to be so inappropriate. But y'all know I don't really care. <laughs> I gotta tell you about tell you this funny story because my friends and me have been talking about this. You know, we be going back and forth about. See, I don't know. There is a segment of black women, okay? Let me explain to you. This is very personal. For the fellows who's listening, <laughs> you might want to turn it down right now. But there's a segment of us black women who have never gotten, like, things like Brazilian waxes and stuff like that. We're just like, uh, you know, absolutely not. <laughs> right? We just, but there, but, but over the last 20 years, you see more and more black women starting to get them and things like that. So I had um, I had been talking to a friend. I said, you know what, I'm just going to try because I feel like you have to do it. You have to do one. You have to do it just once. And one of my friends was like, oh, my God, it hurts. It's really ridiculous. You do not want to do it. <laughs> right? And so, like, I had, like, three friends tell me back to back, you do not want to do this. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> like, they were acting like it was, like, the demonic, like it was, like like demons were gonna show up or something, <laughs> right? And so I so I called to set the appointment a, a few days ago, and I talked to the lady. The lady's like, "You've never done?" It? I was like, "Never." And so she's like, "Okay, let me explain. I need you to take about thirty minutes before a couple of pain pills." I'm like, "Shit! What kind of shit is this?" <laughs> so. I go on to YouTube because, you know, they have women on YouTube that have had these, uh, that, have, that, that that show you their experience going to get one, and it looked absolutely hideous. <laughs> so I said, you know what, nope, 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 nope. I have, I've been, me, me and my friends, we've been talking to each other, and there's a few of my friends who have not done it either. And it's a lot of black women, you'd be surprised, that just haven't done this, okay, ever. True, true story. 
So a couple of my friends that hadn't done it was like, well, just tell me about it, girl. Just tell me. Let me let me know if it's going to work out. But the ones who done it, like, no, 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 no. My friend, uh, my friend who is uh, uh, Vietnamese, she was like, she used to do her own with her. She used to do her sisters and her sister-in-laws and her own, right, because she used to do waxing and stuff like that. She still do that. She's like, you probably never do it again after you do it once. <laughs> she's like, it's painful. So I was just like, okay, well, I, I so it, it was like that's what I was hearing all across the board. So today, I woke up, I you know, and I took my before my appointment. I took my little medicine, and I, I, I you know, I'm so inappropriate. I always tell people these stories because these random stories because people like to hear me tell these stories <laughs> about myself. Well, I take it, and this is for the ladies out here, okay? This is about trying something different, okay? So I took the medicine, like I took my little Advil. And I go, and so, you know, the lady's like, oh, my God, you know, okay. So I did a different form. I didn't do actual, absolute straight-out waxing. I did sugaring or whatever. It's called sugar waxing or sugaring or whatever. Listen, I don't understand what y'all were talking about. It's painful, but it wasn't that painful. <laughs> I was really actually shocked because what it – when it first happened, because I, I was talking to her, and I didn't really, you know, me and her was having a really great conversation, and I didn't really, I'm a conversationalist. So, like, me and her, she's talking, and she's telling me about her family. I'm talking to her, and we just, it's like, I was like, oh, okay. And then she goes again, and it goes again, and I was like, oh, is this it? Like, it was like the shots you get at the dental office. You know what I'm saying? Like when you when the dentist and see here's the thing about me I think sometimes my 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 pain tolerance I don't know if it's high or not but here's the thing I like going to the dentist so it never scares me to go to the dentist where some people are terrified it doesn't scare me to go to the dentist and all my dentists I'm always always say you took that like a champ you don't really you squirm or anything I just I was sort of like. It felt, that's what it felt like. It reminded me of that shot you get right before they numb you at the dentist, like it's a thing, and then it's gone. And I was actually shocked because one of my friends was talking about how she couldn't even get halfway through it. Like she only had half of it and left. <laughs> she knows who she is. She's listening. <laughs> right? She said she only did half and left, Okay. She did have the the wax and <laughs> it's like Brazil. No, it's a Brazilian wax. That would keep Brazilian. <laughs> My friend said she did half and she couldn't even get through that half. I did not see the big deal. Okay, I didn't see the big deal. It was not. I I I got that it it did hurt, but not like y'all. I thought I was getting ready to go in there. People were telling me take two pills, take two this, two this. I thought I was really getting ready to go in for it's like some sort of surgery or something. <laughs> but that was my day today. I had such a strange ass fucking week. <laughs> Already, it's it's strange but good, okay? So I wanted to share my little story out there for you ladies out there who are thinking about you're like you know. I'm thinking I'm gonna go get one right now. I'm not. I, I'm not gonna be afraid and I'm gonna try it. You know. I was like, yeah, I can probably do this a lot. This is not bad. I don't have a problem. I don't. <laughs> it's 
It's hilarious. Okay, so for those ladies, I, here's my experience, okay? And this is for my friends, too, who are listening, okay? I I didn't find it that painful. <laughs> I found it painful, but not really like, like, like people were saying it was going to be. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> and it's so funny because the lady goes, well, let me show you, which is funny, right? You know, it's funny. Like they they they, they start they show you, right? And I'm going, oh my god, I haven't seen her since she was like nine or ten. <laughs> I'm so crazy. The lady just falls out laughing. <laughs> but that was my experience. <laughs> I had to share it. Okay, I'm goofy like that. Okay, I'm goofy. The, the brothers who are listening right now are like, oh, my God. Okay, ignore it. This is for the ladies, okay? <laughs> I have to share the experience because this is something that women go through, men, fellas, that you just would be like, you guys don't you guys don't even know. You're just like, what? Who, what What are you guys doing? Yeah, we go through a lot. But, I, you know, I, have to, I, would, I never thought about doing that. But, yeah, I did it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> So that's my little story, okay? And this is my week this week. Oh my god, I'm so crazy. It's so inappropriate. But I'm a Scorpio, okay? Shit. I don't know what to tell ya. All right, let me get into uh <laughs> Social Dilemma. Oh my god, I saw Social Dilemma this morning. You know what are my phases of tweeting it? Maxwell, was that Maxwell tweeting it out? Yeah, I think so. I saw this this story. It, it started off good. You know, it started out, and I would encourage people just to watch it. You know, it's really interesting. Um, I think it might scare people uh, a lot because, like, listen, you know, I knew this years ago that they were already, you know, big data programming and stuff like that, like, I can I can recall going to, and now it's gotten even deeper. Like when I go to the movies or something, or if I look up a movie on a computer, and I started noticing this a few couple of years ago. I noticed that I could turn on the TV and see an advertisement for the movie. I was like, what the hell? And I was seeing that a lot, like with stuff I looked up. And now, you know, it's normal. Even when I get on social media, like I'm a shopper. I like deals and stuff. So I can always see on the side like they have on the side for me, HSN, QVC, they be having all kind of <laughs> little advertisement things and stuff I might like, you know. So so I I already knew that uh, this document. and for those of you, wait a minute, I don't know if I explained it right enough. I watched a documentary this morning called Social Dilemma. Uh, it was tweeted out by some, by some, I saw it by a few people, but Maxwell was the one that really caught my eye because he was tweeting it out. And, you know, uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to watch that. Okay. Uh, I, so I kind of knew I w- that wasn't shocking to me. Um, this isn't. I mean, you know what? It's this is a step up. They've done this at every phase of of when there's an invention that captures the world. Like first radio was the the demon, okay, <laughs> and then television, okay. Rightfully so, still kind of demon, and now the bigger demon today 
is the internet, okay? And so the and and social media websites and and how social media affects our lives. So this is what this movie, this documentary, Social Dilemma, is about. It's about how um, social media has such an influence on us and knows us so well, almost better than ourselves, because it's like an algorithm or something studying us, right? And before, you know, it was advertisers and uh, on television. Now it's got every time it's gotten more and more per, uh, uh, per, kind of to perfection, especially with the age of the uh, of social media and stuff like that. So I will watch it if you guys guys haven't seen it. It's, it seems it was really I liked it. It was really good, but I didn't like. I thought it was some propaganda towards the end. Um, Here's what I say about it. Um, this social dilemma, the the documentary, a little bit. What I didn't like about it is I forget. I feel like it felt it forgets history a little bit uh, in terms of you know, like it, it, it talks about how you know social media can be used to uh, uh, stoke fires, start rebellions, kind of like and everything. But that's. A, you know, it, before it wasn't social media, it might have been TV. It's always been a propaganda machine, even in the age of, of Stalin and, and Hitler and stuff like that. There, there have always been propaganda machines, okay? So the, the Internet is a more stronger, faster version of one today. But it, 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 there have all, those have always been around, okay? And, you know... It seems to go through the. It, it, it seems to want want to calm down rebellion in, in in America. Like it feels like social media is stoking the fires of rebellion. This is what this documentary is kind of is a little bit going into saying. And here's what I always tell people: America was built on rebellion. America has this a rebellious spirit through it anyway. Okay, I mean, if you ever read the history, you know about the history of America. You know that you know taxation without representation, how it how America moved, removed itself from uh, the uh, from Great Britain and and claimed its independence. It, America is built on a rebellious nature, and all through the Constitution, it is you know even though you got people like Joe Biden and them trying to like like look up China. It, it, all through the Constitution, the Constitution is a very <laughs> is a very rebellious uh, document. The Constitution was not meant to bring peace. I mean, yeah, I mean, you you hear what you hear every uh, from the from the founders of of the United States. You hear the sound in their voice of Great Britain. And are how we tour. You can hear the the fears from Great Britain, freedom of the press, okay, uh, freedom of religion, okay. All the things they ran, they they were running from. You see them build this into the Constitution, and also also a healthy distrust for government. America is not the place. You know, you got a lot of people like a lot of people keep saying. I hear a lot of these television reporters, and which is so funny because it's hilarious listening to them on TV about the election cycle, and they keep saying, "Well, but we're not we we can't we have to have confidence in our election cycle." America wasn't built on that. America was built on constantly not trusting the government, but constantly questioning the government. 
the people always have to question the government. Read that Constitution. It's, it's basically government, we don't trust you, and we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to put all kinds of checks and balances over you to make sure that you don't ever have control of the people. And the day we give you control is because the day that we have no, we no longer pay attention, which is the day I think we're in today. So to me, this 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 this, this program it spends a lot of time uh, trying to say we need to all come together and stuff. But America's always going to have a healthy dose of of of. It's just like coronavirus. It is it, democracy. Uh, I heard. Let me just say this. Today I heard. Joe Biden's uh, person, one of the persons that's leading his task force, if he gets elected, because this is a big if, because, you know, I don't know, because this is 2020. He might not get that shit out. I keep telling you, they might be setting y'all up for civil unrest. But Joe Biden person said he was talking, actually, uh, and talking about, I am, like, he was kind of admiring China about how they did coronavirus. I'm like, they're they're a communist country and they they did very draconian measures. Since when does America start looking up to China? Okay, so the thing is, America is a country where you're not told what to do. The government doesn't can't is not supposed to have but so much overreach over you. So when we're we're looking at our government, we China it can't you can't do the same thing to American people as to China people. Our constitution uh, is against that. Okay, so um, so I wasn't surprised when I see America um, America having a little bit more cases than everybody and having a longer time to get out of it because we are a free, a country of that is a republic that practices democracy and when you practice freedom, there is a price for it. Okay, so. I get that, okay? So uh, that's, you know, it, it, so it kind of touched on these ideas of utopia, dystopia, and stuff like that, and um, how social media just adds to the manipulation about what, you know, about what is true, what is not true. But that's all very American to me. Uh, that is something that social media, like when I see social media uh, 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 things like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and, and YouTubes and stuff like that trying to put in place censorship, well, that's un-American. It is very American to have all forms of thoughts out there, all things of thoughts, and, and, and people be able to challenge you and question you and ask questions and stuff like that. To me, when we, we talk about social media platforms uh, needing regulation, I get a little afraid because regulation sounds like censorship. So, uh, yeah, so, but I noticed that was a theme through a little bit in it, too. Um, and I think on that note is that technology only plays on what humanity is. Te- you know, they were talking about how, so, you know, so many people, you know, are spend so many hours on their, on their, on their technology. So many people, it's ruining families, it's ruining this and that, and we've got to get control uh, social media knows so much about you. It knows how to draw you back in. It knows how to, you know, it, basically it was making it sound like you are a human being without free will, okay? And, uh, you know, it's sort of like when people say, I, 
when people uh, try to make, you know, even though I believe addiction is a very powerful thing, but really at the root of addiction is even about is 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 uh, self discipline and how we treat ourselves and stuff like that. And, and maybe we we if you've ha- ever had an addiction, maybe you've gone so far over into it where it makes it harder for you to stop. But eventually it has to be the wheel coming forward to help you, you know. And so it to me it sounded like when they were on, on this show saying, hey, people can't help themselves because we know so much about them. We can trigger them onto us. So we, we have to set the regulations. But I actually disagree with that. I actually think that uh, humanity, uh, uh, you know, technology can only play on what humanity is and where humanity is at. If you have a bunch of lonely people in the world, if you have a bunch of unhappy people, if you have a bunch of sad people, if you have a bunch of people seeking attention, if you have, it, those type of platforms are going to play to uh, the people, and it's up to the people to have the free will in which to stop it, right? Um, I feel like lack of balance is humanity's problem. Cell phones and the Internet and social media is just, uh, just the uh, symptoms and the uh, drug addict of choice, the drugs of choice to calm our nerves. Like maybe, you know, like I always laugh. I tell people, some people say, you know, they need, uh, some people need a drink. I always always laugh and say my drug is Coca-Cola. I, you know, know, I drink a Coke or whatever. But uh, addictions. Uh, they are just addictions that we have de- uh, we have developed as humans because we're out of sorts and out of balance. So uh, it, it isn't something. I mean, I understand that social media has so many ways that they can control us. They have so many ways they can see us now. Uh, so much of our privacy is is open. It's, it, you know, it's it's open to us. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's open to the to the world. You really don't have a lot of privacy anymore, or something like that. But the more that even no matter what the more they know or whatever that we're we have to be open to them for no to knowing it, so I feel like that's because we're we've swung out of balance, you know um, you know they were talking about two governments using it to manip- using internets and different things to manipulate and everything again, that's the people people have to. I always bring it back to human humanity and uh, humanity and 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 what we control, you know. And you know, the whole thing is too is it made me think of Apple. Like Apple, I always laugh about Apple. You know, a lot of people don't know the story of uh, you look at your back of your iPhones, uh, and on the back of it, it has a bitten apple. Well, Apple has that allegedly. That bitten apple is from a, a, a story in Genesis. Okay, if anybody knows about the the, Genesis, the the old Genesis story, remember in the Garden of Eden, God says to uh, Adam and Eve, you know, you can have, you can partake of anything you want to in this garden. Okay, you can have anything you want. Just don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But you can have everything else. Okay, so what happens is the story goes is that a serpent comes is in the garden and he beguiles Eve. Some people say, or he tricks Eve, or maybe he has some sort of affair. Some people think it's like a, the first affair because Eve is talking to this this uh, uh, 
snake and he says, hey, like, did God tell you to not eat of the tree? I mean, of good and good and evil. Did he tell? I mean, did he tell you you will die? But God never really said that. I think God. What, did God say that? He said. He said. He said. No. God is just afraid that when you, when you eat of it, you will your eyes will be open. You will know what He knows. And so He He tricks Eve into biting the apple, and there is the fall of humanity. Okay, because why the fall of humanity is not only in eating the knowledge of good and evil, but it's in it's, it's part of that knowledge is uh, is is uh, disobeying what created us, going out of sync, going out of balance. We bite into that knowledge, and it and everything suddenly there was suddenly she realized she was naked. She was like, "Oh, I need clothes." Suddenly, everything things that she didn't know before she suddenly comes into the to, into the knowledge. Now, why the the the, uh, the serpent tricked her into thinking that that's what God's uh, that God was saying, which it wasn't. But 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 she is open to a new perception and how she sees things, and then she comes along to Adam, and she because women are influential. So what does she do to Adam? She she says, "Hey, you know what?" Say something, right? And Adam's in charge. Adam ain't supposed to be eating that apple, but Adam bites into it. Well, Adam bites into it, and then the humanity falls, okay, because man bites into it, and suddenly, you know, his eyes are open, and it sets the course for good and evil. So Apple has this thing, bitten Apple on the back, because it's a partly the rumor is the story of the, they feel like that they've bitten to the apple, which is, Internet, social media, oh, your eyes are being opened to so many brands, so much information, so many worlds, because that essentially was the thing that happened to Eve. Once Eve bit into the apple, her eyes were open to things that God was not ready for her to know. God was ready for her to know, but God knew what they was going to do. This is just, this is, I, I, I'll be having a preach tonight, so I don't want to preach. Well, God already knew what they were going to do, but it, it, in some sense it was a weird test, but yet she failed it, okay? And so so suddenly her eyes are open. There's so much knowledge there. So I, I, I like it. Look at that story because that's, if you look at the back of you have an iPhone right now, you look at the back of it, you see that bitten apple. And that bitten apple is that you have more knowledge and more information at your fingertip today. They're actually kind of mocking the story of Adam and Eve. They're saying, We've bitten to the apple. Well, that's what we've done as humans. We have bit into the apple. We built, bit, not, we got so much knowledge that now it is, I mean, it's almost, I mean, it's, it's out of control. We're out of control. And also we give other people, like Eve did, we give other, we give people who are undercover snakes our, our information, and now they are, you know, they use it against us. So uh, I, I find that story interesting, that that Bible story interesting, and also Apple having that bitten. I kept thinking about that during the, in the story when they were talking about that. I was like, wow, you know, that's what Apple uh, uh, is symbol is, is is that we now are open. We are now have opened so, sort of the Pandora's box of information. We've opened, and you know, that's 
that's a theme. I'm a, I'm a church girl, so that's a theme throughout the Bible, you know. Like when they're getting ready to build the Tower of Babel, and God says, whoa, I got to split them up. Because they'll build it to the heavens. They get ready to find out some stuff they they ready for. And so, you know, so there is a constant thirst uh, throughout the story of the Bible for knowledge that we are not yet ready to attain as humans. And once we attain it, we become reckless with it. Well, that's sort of social media, So, sort of how I see social media, Internet, and the world of Internet and everything like that. So to me, it's, it, it, it's, it always comes back down to not the tech companies controlling what we see or what we do or what we are. It comes back to human, humanity coming into its uh, natural state, its state of, of, of of, of coming into balance, of not getting too much information, of not having – you can have the information, but it should be gradual so that you can be responsible enough to deal with it and know how to use it. But we're getting so, so much information that is above us so fast and at a rate of speed, uh, faster rate of speed than at any other time to me in history, okay? So um, also um, – you know, I, I just think that, you know, companies can't take the place of good old-fashioned human responsibility. I mean, you know, uh, you know, they can't regulate that. And, and, and they don't, they, who are they to say what's right and wrong, Facebook to say what's right and wrong, Twitter. Like, I'm getting annoyed with Twitter every time Donald Trump tweets something, then they're coming back behind. It's haven't been proven and everything. It's obvious they are biased. To they, and they want them out. It's, you you can see that kind of thing, but it's also the energy it produces in you when you're seeing somebody being censored in front of you. It started you starting to think like, well, what if one day they censor me because they're biased to me and something, or you know, it just it, it creates a, a really odd energy. So, um, but so I don't think these tech companies and stuff can, uh, shit. It's, I don't think it's their responsibility to filter news for you. I think it's your responsibility as a human being to filter information, what you see and what you listen to. It's not their responsibility to uh, – companies are, are going to become – yes, I think they should have some ethics, but uh, it's really – it's sort of like it's sort of like McDonald's, okay? A lot of people blame McDonald's because they can't stop eating french fries. And they can't stop eating cheeseburgers and, 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 and everything. And so they want to sue McDonald's and say, well, you know what, you need a healthy menu. And McDonald's has done that. They've given people a healthy menu. But to be honest, it's not McDonald's fault because you want to eat five cheeseburgers a week and two fries and uh, 60 Cokes. They ain't they fucking fuck. They ain't got shit to do with that. Okay, they just trying to sell a burger and some fries to people when they on the run or doing something or if they out with their kids. They, your addiction is not their fucking problem. Now, do they probably want to do things as a company? You know, I'm taking this business ethics course now, so I'm kind of really understanding the look at the balance of business and ethics and how ethics can get you know how ethics can get blurred in the line of business and stuff. But the truth of the matter is if a restaurant is there to say their main thing is hamburgers and fries, it's not their responsibility to make it healthy for you. Now, they've been nice enough to put calories up. They've been nice enough to make a healthy menu. But it's not McDonald's responsibility if you gorge yourself on it. 
because it wasn't meant to be, McDonald's was never meant to be addictive. It was supposed to be, be a fun meal for you and your family to go out or when you're out or the kids when you're out, a special meal or something like that, give them a happy meal or something like that. It wasn't supposed to be meant to do every day, but when humans are out of balance, we do crazy shit. Same thing with the Internet, okay, with social media, with social media accounts. It, it Even with television, okay, you got to turn your shit off. You got to quit listening to them sometimes because they be they so over the top. But it's not TV's responsibility sometimes to cater you. Now, do I think there is some responsibility to say maybe like, you know, in the old days when people say uh, these thoughts are not the opinions of such and such, such and such, and can be such and such, such and such. Yes, I can, you can put a disclaimer on it like that so that people can understand what they're getting ready to watch may be true, may not be true. But to begin to start to regulate and censor, that is not their responsibility. That is your responsibility to be able to filter these things and, and what you uh, uh what you see and what you get. So I thought I thought it was very interesting how it went in in that way. Um, I feel like when every time I hear regulation, I just feel like you have to be very careful of that. Um, I feel like, you know, too, another thing I feel like Social Dilemma to me got a little bit of propaganda towards the end because, you know, you can hear the slant towards uh, you know, kind of talking about conspiracy theorists and conspiracy theories. Oh, like you know, the election, you know, uh, 2016 was thrown off by Russia. Eh. Hillary Clinton already had a bad reputation before 2016. I was not surprised Hillary lost the election. I know, and the Democrats know Hillary's a bad candidate. They don't need the Russians to do that. Okay, so, <laughs> I mean, you can blame the Russians all day. She just lost, in my opinion. And, you know, she had to cheat to get, allegedly cheat to get there. That's why Donna Brazil right now is over at Fox and not working for the DNC because of the, some of the shit that went down with Bernie Sanders and everything. So, you know, she never was a really good candidate, but they that's one of the things they like to use and they like to say, well, you know, maybe we should have controlled the news that got out there or certain things. no. You could have put a disclaimer on it, <clears throat> but it's not up to social media to tell people what they can watch and what they can't, okay? Um, I really love my favorite part of it was at the end, right at the end, is this guy, and, and he they say to him, um, you seem pretty, they say to him, you seem pretty optimistic. And he says the most powerful thing to me in the whole documentary. <clears throat> he they said he said oh I do and like he said he said you know he says like basically no I, I don't really feel, I mean like I, I basically think we're heading towards dystopia <laughs> he says unless we get some sort of miracle and we get we get some sort of miracle to get us out of this and he said and that is collective will and I thought that was the best part of the whole documentary and I thought it summed it. Up perfectly He said we're heading towards this Toby Unless Unless we get some sort of miracle That is our collective will And I really I agree with him I could I Totally Totally agree with him Uh, Social media is nothing but a reflection of mankind And where you're at right now Just as your politicians are a reflection of you Like that's why I say to people When you uh, 
put it, it, it is up to um, America is a very interactive country. Okay, uh, the four the founding uh, the founders when they wrote that Constitution, they wanted the people to be actively involved. Okay, what they never saw is a time in which they which many times they warned they warned in a lot of their writings about <clears throat> certain things. Today, Americans are overworked, uh, stressed out. They got so much going on, so they don't pay attention to the very mechan- uh, mechanisms like politicians, politics, policy, and everything that helps them to live, that causes them to live a, a, a more stressful life. Instead, they try to find reasons to blame, reasons to this and that, and they and they try to find. Instead, you uh, what you'll find with American people is like they they'll start like what I talked about a couple of days ago about black people dancing in the street to Kamala because Kamala Harris and Joe Biden got uh, got uh, uh, may have become. I'm not we not for sure yet, but may have gotten the presidency. But here's the thing: politicians are going to act. Like politicians Politicians are only as good as the community Who puts them there If the community is not good And the community is not paying much attention Most politicians fall to the very dubious And the very uh, scrupulous nature of politics So it is up to people to control their politicians. If you are not controlling your politicians, if you're not seeing them saying, "Oh, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't, I didn't know you was for that. I didn't know you was for that." But what's happened is politicians have now taken control, and their handlers, which is their financial handlers, and the American people have fallen asleep. And now what happens is the American people don't act like an interactive people. They they don't act like a government, a, a group of people that says. We the people and by the people, they act like a a, a a group of people who look towards, uh, constantly look towards the politicians to uh, take on their uh, 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 to constantly look on the, look towards the politicians to do for them what they're supposed to be doing uh, to uh, guaranteeing uh, guaranteeing for themselves through the politicians. If the politicians don't do what you say, you can vote them out in the next uh, few years. But if you don't understand what they're doing and you don't understand what it's about and you don't understand policy, you don't even got to vote them out. You can you can move your money in such a way that it actually gets them out. You ain't even got to vote. The truth is, the secret about American politics is you ain't really got to vote. I tell people all the time, this cyborg, okay, let's talk about uh, – <clears throat> this election, because I, a lot of people think this election was thrown. I see a whole lot of proof. It looked like it was thrown to me, too. But I don't think it's the first American election that has probably, uh, you know, it's probably been several. Throughout history, and we don't know. Okay, I'm drinking and talking out. But there's probably been um, several elections throughout American history that we do not know about that have been thrown or have not been Right, and the American people, it is up to you. Your government becomes crooked the less you pay attention, and that is why there are so many things in the Constitution always giving the people the power. If you don't take the power, then politicians and people will rule over you. 
same thing. I feel the same way as as far as social media and things like that is concerned. You, it is up to the people to take full responsibility. Have you? It is up to you. Uh, it is up to your free will about how you how uh, how you handle um, uh, all these things and all this information that is around you. Okay. It's not. It's not when you, you. It's not when you're dancing in the street and everything because a a, a politicians take over. I, I almost think it's kind of backwards. I almost think you there is there should be a, a moment of kind of somber checking. <laughs> you know, like uh, letting letting them know that we expect you to get to work now, and if you do something that. Uh, is not right to the American people, then we we'll deal with you. But we are a disconnected people. We can't we can't discern anymore when things are right and when things are wrong. In my personal opinion, okay. So that's the same thing with social media. We can't discern stuff anymore. You know, like that they they showed this part in social media uh, where this little girl they were sitting at the table and her mother grabs the phones and puts them in a box, and she gets so messed up because she don't have uh she can't have her phone and she goes. And finds a tool in the kitchen and cuts open a box. Now, see, back in the day, my grandma would have kicked me in the ass <laughs> if I took my phone and if I took if I had a phone to take back in the day and run up the steps. It would, you know, uh, parents was your parents, you know. You, you, but that, I, I feel like that is parents' responsibility too. You know, it is your responsibility and 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 and, and looking at how your kids move. Uh, social on social media platforms and everything, who they talk to, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and personally, I'm with a lot of the tech people saying their kids wasn't even they don't they didn't want their kids in the social media, which I found interesting on there to a certain age and stuff. So I, I found that pretty uh, interesting. It's a very interesting social dilemma, very interesting documentary. Uh, I also think you know too, the the thing about it for young people is. Uh, Social media can be a very dangerous thing just for people, period, because, you know, so many people in social can use social media to gaslight people, to, um, uh, how can you say, I mean, it's like a narcissist dream, social media, you know, because uh, they get so, they probably get so much energy from so many people. If they built a crowd around them or built, you know, I think about celebrities, or not all of them, but there's a lot of some narcissist celebrities. So sometimes not all celebrities are narcissists, but there's a lot of them who are who have kind of narcissist issues. I mean, we all can be have a, a narcissist uh, ways about us, especially with the advent of social media. I mean, we all can have like you know those those traits about us. But, there, but with, with celebrity, it really uh, you can really see it in certain ways, you know, and uh, uh, some celebrities will uh, use social media as a very manipulative platform for themselves, you know, they, I mean, they will really uh, do things uh, like the algorithms to keep their fans paying attention or keep their fans on, I mean, that's just like the um, Instagram models and stuff like that, but it's up to you. So, you know, back off of it when you want to, you know what I'm saying? I have my favorite celebrities. I look at their pages and read the stuff they saying or pay attention or a little or I find or some of my favorite friends to look at and different stuff like that. I mean, 
social media, you, you have to control how you behave on it and when you and when you go on it. I know I can be on it a lot because sometimes I do podcasting, but sometimes I'm up late. I'm a I'm a I'm a late night person, so sometimes I can be up and and I'll be like, let me check this out or let me see this and that. So yeah, you do have to watch it, but it's a very interesting. Uh, 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 documentary I think it's more interesting for To understand how all this information And data they have collected On you I mean To understand that Is pretty powerful But I already knew about big data stuff I mean I found out about that years ago That uh, big data was, uh, was coming And big data would know all kinds of information. Now I, it's so it has gotten so good. Let me tell you how good these social media things is, and, and this is something that people probably don't pay attention to. But I've been paying to attention to it for the last year or so. Like I've gone out and used my debit card someplace. I've come home and seen a commercial on television for the place where I use my debit card. That's how thorough they're getting. Or I'll go on the line on Facebook and I'll see an advertisement on the side for what I paid for on my debit card. That's how deep this shit done got, okay? That's how deep it done got. So very interesting. I'm glad I watched it. It was really good. It was different. And um, I want to encourage you guys to watch it and so you can have your eyes open to all the mess to bite into the apple. So you can see what the hell they know about you. <laughs> okay? All right, you guys. Whew. Child, when we get back, y'all want to be knowing, want to know what I got to say about Tamar Braxton. They ain't going to be pretty. I ain't been pretty. I ain't been nice to Tamar Braxton a lot lately, okay? So y'all, y'all talking about this Tamron Howe interview? I saw half of it, Chad. I couldn't watch. I couldn't even get through the the, the second half of it. I haven't even watched it. I'm gonna watch it, but I'm gonna still tell y'all what I think so far about the whole thing uh, with uh, Tamar's interview and what I felt about it. Okay, and I'm gonna come back and tell y'all. Let me see. Is my thing up? We're gonna talk about some more news out here in these streets. So. I'll have this and a whole lot more to talk about when I come back. Meanwhile, let's go on a break. Listen to some Jeffrey Osborne. I really love this one. I really don't need no light. Okay, it's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta, and I will be back in a moment, y'all.
pretty but a good one. I love that one. Everybody wants to rule the world. Tears for fears. Oh, take me back to my youth. <laughs> it's the CC Show. I am Carlotta, and we are back on the CC Show. Listen, I am going to do the celebrity news for y'all because y'all been wanting me to talk about it. Tamar, Tamar Braxton. Okay, listen, okay. Tamar unfollowed her sisters. Okay, if y'all know the story, Tamar had a problem. Tamar was starting to redate this dude, David Adafeso, okay, right? Tay- David Adafeso and Tamar had some problems. I guess apparently Tamar, David accused Tamar of being abusive. He had a restraining order on her ass, I believe, alleged restraining order. And so then Tamar uh, becomes, um, uh, Tamar is, uh, t- uh, uh, Tamar uh, and him break up, I guess, or whatever, and Tamar's sisters, including Tony Braxton, begin to kind of go in on, on David in the next few weeks, only for Tamar to come out, you know, and start saying, you know, David was a good guy, David was really good to me, David was great, and then suddenly uh, Tamar is upset with her sisters for doing the reality TV show that she wanted them to do. Tamar Braxton appeared on Tamron Hall this week. And, I mean, a couple weeks ago, and uh, talk about, uh, she talked about how she was really hurt about the Braxton family values. But let me remind people, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this article first from Celebrity Insider. It talks about Tracy Braxton and her sisters received backlash following the announcement for the new family series. Uh, it says, this is according to Celebrity Insights, it says, Tracy Braxton and Brucey shared a post to advertise her family series, Braxton Family Values. Fans were not excited, as you will see for yourselves in the comments. Uh, y'all fight too much. When they first came on, they were drinking, shopping for lashes, getting along. Too much drama, someone said, okay? Uh, a follower defended the series, but many families fight just like this and even worse. If you're looking for a fairy tale, this ain't the show. I'm looking forward to seeing the realness as well as growth. I'm not looking for a perfect picture, and that's where people mess up, expecting butterflies and rainbows. And, you know, these are all these fans talking about uh, the sisters, and they got a lot of backlash because Tamar, you know, Tamar had an episode this this, this summer where she almost uh, allegedly killed herself or whatever. Uh, and the family... Um, you know, responded to it on their on their show, and Tamar is very upset because the family, I guess, reenacted the uh, kind of the situation on reality TV. I'm not upset with the Braxtons for this, okay? And let me just say this: this is this room. Me, this is this is a sidebar here, but let me explain why I now feel like I've been too hard on the Kardashians. You know. I have to say on this show, there's a lot you can learn from the Kardashians. And one of the things you can learn from the Kardashians is doing reality TV ain't that fucking easy, but they make it look easy. Shout out to the Braxton. I mean, shout out, not the Braxton, shout out to the Kardashians. And the whole show they put on, okay? It's not easy. Everybody can't do the shit. Let me tell you something. I've been talking about the, 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 
the Kardashians being untalented for years, but the Kardashians are actually very fucking talented. Because there's not many people who can do a reality show like them and get the money and show they dysfunction and all that and still win. Point that I'm making is that the Kardashians is not easy. And proof that it's not easy is the fucking Braxton's. Let's talk about the Braxton's. Talented as fuck. Almost every last one of them. Beautiful girls. A legend in the bunch. Tony Braxton. Legend. But yet, they don't know how to do fucking reality TV. They just don't. They don't know how to prop it up. They take it too seriously. Like, you, you, do you see the, the, the Kardashians live for that shit? They fight. They argue. They do everything on it. They, it's not easy. I'm sorry, Kim. I'm sorry, Chris. I apologize. Your hustle, your hustle is respected over here. Damn. I have to apologize to the damn Kardashians because the Braxtons made me realize that reality TV, a successful reality TV show, even when you got talent, when you got natural God-given talents, is not an easy thing to put on. And proof of that is the failure of the Braxton family, who has all the talent in the world, to put on good reality TV. For the last couple of years, the show has just gotten shitty. And part of the reason it's gotten shitty is because they have a sister that is a drama field and perhaps maybe should be, you know, should be checked for narcissism. But it's Tamar Braxton. Now, when Tamar Braxton showed up at the show, she was the belle of the ball. Everybody liked her. Tamar was the star of the show first. With her shenanigans, her character-like behavior, people tuned in to see the foolishness of Tamar and the rest of the sisters. The problem is Tamar's caricatures went over into real life. And now Tamar is mad because people see her. That's what she showed her ass as on the show. And now she's mad at her sisters and she's mad at her family and she's mad because everything. See, Tony Braxton didn't even want to do reality TV. They couldn't even get the show off the ground until the story allegedly goes that Tamar came to Tony and had to play a game or something with Tony to get her, and Tony lost, and that's the only reason she did the reality show. Tony didn't even want to do reality TV. She did it for her family. And in between that time, and you can see on the show all these things playing out, Tony Tony puts a lot on the line because Tony is a star. So Tony put, you can see certain things in Tony's career playing out. You can see also Tamar and Vince. It looked like they was allegedly doing some shenanigans on the show, like Tamar owned the Braxton Family Value song where the other sisters didn't know nothing about it. She owned the rights to it, her and Vince. And, and she was, it was a lot of shenanigans when it, when it was clear that the, the, the bell of the ball, 
it was clear that the Bell of the Ball, even though Tamar was turning out to be the star for her shenanigans, but it was clear the Bell of the Ball was Tony fucking Braxton. And none of the show would have been on if it wasn't for Tony Braxton. But to me, Tamar has always been ungrateful to this. To me, it's just my personal opinion, okay? Uh, let me play a little bit of Tamar on Tamar and how. And I get to say what I need to say about Tamar and my advice to the Braxton sisters about moving on in reality TV without Tamar. But let's listen to her on Tamar. And better than I was before, um, I just um, have a scope on where I'm going, and I know that that is up from here because I know the struggles that I've had and I've learned from them and I know the signs and I know when I'm not okay. So today I can say I'm good. It was important. You're actually the first guest that I've had in studio. Why is that? Since, well, I, the nature of what we're discussing, I, I really felt that it was important that we be in the same space, yeah. that we be eye to eye in this because none of this is easy to talk about and I wanted you to feel that you were being heard. Yeah. Thank you. It was back in July that I woke up like so many other people. Tamar is trending, and I thought, okay, maybe it's another spat with someone or whatever. And someone texted me and said, uh, Tamar Braxton was rushed to the hospital. And I thought, okay, wait a minute, did she fall? It's what happened, a car accident? No, Tamar attempted suicide. Did you? First, let me say um, thank you for recognizing that this is a serious topic and having me here eye to eye so that the people who don't understand what they're feeling and don't know that mental illness is a real situation and it has to be taken very seriously. So thank you for having me here for that. Um, I absolutely did, and I have to start at the beginning so you can understand. And I do want to hear that. So take us, because I had interviewed you earlier in the summer. We were doing the shows from home, and you were talking about, I can't wait to see my family. I'm in L.A., but they're all in Atlanta. I asked you about your son, Logan, who's seven now. You were saying things. You were juggling things. Your then-fiancé was with you in the what happened leading up to the day in July that the ambulance was called with an emergency? I was lying about how amazing I was doing, and I allowed the makeup and the hair to cover up everything that I was feeling because that's just what you're used to do when, you know, you're a working mother or you just have to get things done. You know, you cover up, right? Um, our household became hard and it was hard because I wasn't happy okay I had to stop you know what it's not that I'm not I, I'm not sad to Tamar's situation okay I've had two people in my family commit suicide I understand it okay uh, it is not a pleasant thing um 
So I do feel sorry for her on that note. However, her behavior and her shenanigans towards her sisters, like she unfollowed her sisters and her mama and them because they went and taped a fucking show that her and Vince convinced them all to do. And now she's mad because it's not her sister suddenly in the forefront, all they bullshit. Over the years, Tracy's bullshit was in the front. Trina Trina really had a lot of bullshit in the front. Uh, Tony had a little bit of her shit on blast. Uh, 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 who else? All of them have had something on blast. Even the mama and the daddy's blast shit was on blast. But Tay, and Tamar would be the little bitty critical sister always dissing everybody and everything until her shit got on blast. Then suddenly, everybody's making me the angry black woman. Everybody's making me this and that. Suddenly, reality TV was such a fucking problem for her. Suddenly, she's mad at everybody. You know what? I'm telling you right now, Braxton family, the best thing that ever could have happened to you is Tamar unfollowing your ass, okay? Some people, you know what? Even though you're your family members, there are some people you need to have some peace about. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Mhm. I had a family member years ago, very close family member. This family member used to act out all the fucking time. Okay. And I remember being worried, and I remember my grandma said, "We gotta have peace. We gotta have peace about where they may go. We got to have peace." That they could walk out the door and might not come back. We got to have peace about it. We got to have peace because they're heading towards the mines, and we got to bring we got to bring ourselves to some peace. Cause we can't let them create chaos in our stuff. Okay. This is what I would say to the Braxton family. You gonna have to have some peace. Tony Braxton, quit being avoidant. Because I see Tony. Tony always looks like she's avoiding in the whole show. She looks like she's so avoided. Even though she's the star, quit being avoided. This, the bullshit that Tamar doing, oh, I lock her ass out of WeTV. I lock her ass out of WeTV, and I lock her ass out of a lot of shit. Just because I'm Tony Braxton. Okay, I know that's your sister and you love her, but I'm, you know, but I, I, be, I be doing my relatives. I, I lock your ass out from shit. If you, if you messing my head up, if you messing my peace up, my peace of mind, I will I would t- I will gather my family around and I will continue to do the Braxton family values and I would do it right and she could never come back. Close her ass out until she got her ass together and I would not let her ride off my shit. It's like, you know what? They it's like especially Tony. I feel like Tony takes the brunt of it because Tony when when the show first started, Tony had all her sisters as her background singer. It was really neat. Tamar was the main one. I don't want to be your background singer forever. I don't want to. I don't want Tony Braxton. I don't want to do that, Tony Braxton. She was so ready to go solo. She was so ready. And to me, at my point, point of view, she should have stayed a couple more years behind Tony to get more of. You know, I like Tamar's music. I like Tamar's voice, but her performance skills is. You know. I think she should stay background a little bit more. I feel like Tamar is all over the place sometimes when she performs, and there's no stability. There's a, a mimicking of a lot of things, and, and that's probably just that's just my personal opinion. But I like Tamar. But I think Tamar, you know, Tony Braxton had a lot of weight. She just said, okay, Tamar, you don't have to sing. She'd be so sweet. Okay, Tamar, you don't have to sing background. You don't. You don't have to do that for me you, with me anymore. And you can see it was hurting her. Here's this girl giving them everything. 
Like she can't help it because Babyface and 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 LA was smart enough to pick her ass. Okay? She can't help it because she became successful in shit. She's done everything possible to help her sisters. And I feel like all the rest of the sisters are grateful except for Tamar's funky ass. And I think the Braxtons should just be having enough of it. And she, I don't care. I don't care what she did. Just have peace. Put peace on. Hopefully she don't do nothing to herself. Hopefully she don't hurt herself. Nobody wants to see that. But you're going to have to bring some peace. Bring yourself to some peace. Because this is the type of person that you can't let in contact with you because every time they come in contact with you, with you it's toxicity. Every time you look at the Braxton, I've been looking at the Braxton family values for years, hoping they would get the, the Kardashian type of treatment because they're, they are very talented girls. They are stars. They do have a reason to be on TV. They're not just uh, a reality show. They are uh, very talented, very smart. But... Unfortunately, a lot of that, a lot of the hype, a lot of the craziness around them has been due to Tamar. I know she wouldn't want to hear this, but it's the it's facts. It's facts, and I don't think no producer can manipulate the show that damn much to make it always look like you. Always Tamar. Remember the time when Tamar, her sisters came to see her, and she was cussing them out and everything at the concert. See, you see, because they came on stage to surprise her. She didn't want nobody to come on stage to surprise. She cussing and going all out. There's something wrong. And her unfollowing you, Braxton's is good. Let her go be with David Adafeso. If David, we want her back. David probably don't even want her back. She dissed her family. She was tired. After Tony Braxton put herself out there saying stuff about David, here comes Tamar usurping what Tony done said. Uh-uh, you couldn't do that to my ass because my ass, I mean, see, see, I, I'm, that's why I'm not Tony Braxton. If I was Tony Braxton, I'd be closing her. I'd be telling people, you I, you work with her, you ain't, I, I'm, I, won't, I won't be showing up on your stuff because I'd be that man. I'd be that living. I be that living like I gave you everything. I opened up the doors. Of, I used my success to try to help you. And here's the fucking thanks I get. You trying to defend the man that was hurt, that allegedly hurting you, and now I come to your defense, and this is what you do. See, I don't like that kind of shit. So Tamar would have been immediately out of my sphere if I'm 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 family member. I'm a, I'm a family member. I'm serious. I don't, I, don't, I don't play that kind. She's the type of chick that get her family involved in all the uh, with crazy men or crazy people, and then you see her with them next week. After y'all done had to come drag somebody out from, from kicking her ass or something like that. She's that type. I, I, don't, I don't like those kind of, kind of energy. So that's how I feel about Tamar Braxton. There's really no more to say. I don't really think she should be upset with her sisters. I think her sisters have put themselves more than her. Out on reality TV, they have put themselves out there. They put their life out there. They put their business out there at times when it was very uncomfortable for them, at times when it was very embarrassing, especially Trina. Trina's had so many embarrassing things when she was married to the other guy that died, passed away. I mean, she always was graciously putting herself out there, putting her business out there. Tony, when she was breaking up with the dude from mid-condition, 
she didn't put it out there a lot, but she she still was on allowed the reality TV show into it when she. You know, I mean, I feel like all the sisters did their fair share. I feel like Tamar, when he, when the spotlight's on her punk ass, and it's not a spotlight of shenanigans as far as all the shenanigans that she pulls and stuff. Instead, it's the it's 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 looking at her personal life and the down and the failures of it. Well, she's got a problem. Suddenly, suddenly reality TV ain't making me look right. Suddenly this and that. Suddenly this and that. And and and, and to me, it, it it it's it's really been a very sad thing. It's just like when she went over when she went on a Yamla fix my life. There was nothing that she could do. A Yamla couldn't do nothing with her. I mean, she just wouldn't listen. She was a complete diva. You would have thought she was fucking Tony Braxton. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And so I just feel like Tamar Braxton needs to go somewhere. She does need to be off of reality TV. She needs to get her mental health together before she burns every bridge that she ever had. And nobody wants to be bothered with her. Very sad. I, it's sad that she's not going to appear on the Braxton Family Values, but the Braxton should continue the Braxton Family Values. It's helped all the sisters. It's helped feed, uh, probably put money in their pocket. It's helped them to expand themselves as far as their brand and business and everything like that. And uh, now the because the class clown of the show is now the spotlight's even more so on the clown, but it's going beyond the jokes. She don't know what to do. Okay. Suddenly ain't looking so good. Oh, it was easy to criticize Tony and all her sisters when they was going through stuff. Tawanda and all them had their business on TV, but it, she don't want none of her shit on TV. Okay. Mm-mm. I'm not for it. I don't buy the Tamar shenanigans whatsoever. Okay. And it's time for her to get the ass whooping. Like I said, she should have got when she was six or seven. That's all I got to say. So, that's how I feel about more Braxton, and I wish her luck and mental health. Serious, because I know that I know that mental health mental health is no joke. But I do wish her wish her the best as far as getting her head straight and everything like that. She does she does need to do that. Okay. Um, what else are we we, we gonna talk about out here? You, you guys see, I'm trying to get my um my thing up. It's kind of okay. Did we talk about Pfizer having a vaccine? I think Pfizer has a vaccine, 90%. They're saying that it's 90% effective. Now, of course, Joe Biden's administration is acting like they don't see no vaccine out in the street. Joe talking about fucking closing down as soon as he comes to office. I mean, you know, he's already ready to put us under China laws if he gets in office. I'm just like, Lord, what is this man? This crazy man. Listen, he's talking about everybody wear your mask. I'm like, Joe, 33 states have a mandate to wear their mask. Most, and the ones that don't, most of the states that don't have a mandate, most of them haven't been hit really hard or had anything. So I don't know what you're talking about to wear your mask. We all got one on. You got to have them on. I mean, just ridiculous shit. Like, Joe Joe Biden's going to be fucking ridiculous. Y'all going to hate y'all, which I did, but I, I'm, but I digress. I don't think if, if you get to see what you did, because I... Trump been really suing these people. Trump ain't. And I know the media is trying to make Trump like he's crazy, but all he needs is one, uh, uh, one or two good court, uh, 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 court decisions to go his way. Mm-hmm. 
And then y'all might be crying in the streets. <laughs> it might turn all all uh it might turn on your ass real, real fast, okay? Oh my goodness. Oh boy. Beyonce, okay, in these streets. Oh Lord. Am I ready to talk about Beyonce? Or well, am I going to talk about the key, uh, the, uh, the key justices? Before I talk about Beyonce, uh, key justice signal support for Affordable Act, uh, Affordable Care Act. Uh, this is according to the New York Times. They said at least five Supreme Court justices, including two members of its conservative majority, indicated on Tuesday that they would reject, reject attempts by Republicans and Trump administration to kill uh, to kill the Affordable Care Act. Mm. Now, didn't I tell you? Now, I told you that because you get a conservative judge or anything like that or a liberal judge, I told you Supreme Court judges are a crapshoot. I mean, they might go conservative, they might go liberal. You see two of them going, that are conservative going in the opposite way that's not expected, okay? But it says it was not clear whether the court would strike down a provision of the act that initially required most Americans to obtain insurance or pay a penalty, okay? I, I think they will strike that down. A requirement that was rendered toothless in 2017 after Congress zeroed out the penalty. But the bulk of sprawling 2010 health care law, President Barack Obama's defining domestic legacy, appeared likely to survive its latest encounter with the court, Okay. Both Chief Justice John G. Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh said striking down the so-called individual mandate did not require the rest of the law to be struck down as well, okay? Congress uh, left the rest of the law intact when it lowered the penalty to zero, Chief Justice Roberts said. Justice Kavanaugh made a similar point. It does seem fairly clear that the proper remedy would be to uh, so sever the mandate provision and leave the rest of the act in place. The provisions regarding pre-existing conditions and the rest, he said. Okay, the court's three-member liberal wing, Justice John, uh, Stephen G. Bria, Sonia Sotomayor, and Elon Kangan, also indicate their support for the law. That suggests that there were at least five votes to uphold almost all of it, okay? Uh, three members of the court's Conservative uh, majority Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito Jr., and N. Neil M. Gorsh seem to po- uh, poise to uh, vote to strike down the law. The court's newest member, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, was harder to read, though. She's been publicly clear- critical of earlier rulings sustaining key provisions of the law. Um, it says, Striking down the Affordable Care Act would expand the ranks of the uninsured in the United States by about 21.1 million people, a nearly 70% increase, according to new estimates from the Urban Institute. The biggest loss of coverage would be among low-income adults who became eligible for Medicaid under the law after, after all but a dozen states expanded the program to include them. But millions of Americans will lose their private insurance, including young adults whom the law would stay on their parents' plans until they're 26, and families whose income was modest enough to qualify for subsidies that help pay for their monthly premiums. So it's it's interesting to see where the court went today. We'll have to keep uh, keep a lookout to see how the court uh, continues to uh, look toward look at this Obamacare Act. Okay, I, uh, yeah, the mandate is a fresh is a good start. 
making sure the mandates uh, don't affect uh, people is really a good thing, okay? Okay, this week, Beyonce, y'all. Oh, Lord, child. Beyonce, she didn't have that little. Now, let me tell you, say this. Now, that little second line was cute. That little second Adidas line Beyonce had out, that was cute. That was real, really cute. Now, that is the colors. I like the colors on that one. The, uh, the, because the first line was looking, it, it wasn't cute. But the second one, the second Adidas line, I really loved it. I really loved that green cat suit. They had, it's like a green cat suit with it. Shit, my ass tried to, you know what, listen, I tried to go in there to be, you know, because I know Beyonce ain't going to send my ass no box. Even if Beyonce listens to the show, she's like, this bitch, I wouldn't send her no box. <laughs> but I was going to buy that cat suit from her ass. But listen, here, let me tell you something. I, you can have your stuff in the, there's something tricky about that Adidas website, because you can have your stuff set and ready to pay for it and Soon as the thing come, I mean, you could be hitting it, and so and listen, it sold out. I was like, mm, this is weird, but I really wanted that green castle, that green, that light green and blue. No, the, the periwinkle blue with a little bit of green in it. Oh my God, it was so cute with the with the little cap, the Adidas cap. Oh, I wanted that so bad. That's the only thing I wanted from the line. I didn't give a shit about the other stuff. But it was really, the line was really cute this time, Beyonce. So shout out to Beyonce. I say, see, look, Beyonce, there's something nice. <laughs> you know what I think Beyonce really needs to do, though? I'm going to be honest. She should send the boxes out to, she should be, I don't know, somebody said she has sent a couple to some Beehive people. No, she should take about the first 10 or 20 people no, maybe 50 people, because, you know, the bitch is always showing up to sell something. She show up, there's one thing, one thing, but damn sure about Beyonce's ass, she show up to sell some shit, okay? She don't say nothing on her on her social media hardly ever. I mean, she just got real pretty pictures, and then her ass is like, go. So she's like, look at Ivy Park. <laughs> yeah, all right, she got some generic message, like the Biden hat vote or some generic. Beyonce don't be saying shit, but y'all love her like she y'all love her like she's the smartest shit in the room. But well, what, she don't say nothing. I don't know where I don't we don't know nothing where she's stand on. We don't know who really what she is. We have no clue. Like I like early Beyonce. You know, people will have a hard time believing that I used to be. I used to love Destiny's Child and love Beyonce prior to like. Oh, listen, let me tell you something. I was at Essence Fest when she first came to Essence Fest for the for, for the with the crazy in love. I was I was hype. I was like I was a beehiver back then. I was like yes, bitch, give me color. I was I was hyper and already everything. Mm, didn't like her after B Day. I was like it went downhill for me. But listen, for the rest of you beehivers, okay. Uh, so you be you know you have a hard time but finding that I really liked her, but there was. Afterwards, she seemed like to be gold. She said something happened. It seemed like she started to not have a personality. She started to like look like a like you just a, like a robot walking around. I'm like, what the fuck happened to her? I mean, she's in in interviews and her eyes be looking empty. I be like, it's, uh, what what's going on around here? I mean, so it just just kind of got weird for me. But. Beyonce, uh, uh, she will show up to sell some shit. So I really think she should just give about 50 of them boxes, about maybe 100 to her fans. Because yeah, shit, them rat, ain't nobody as crazy as the fucking beehive. 
So she needs to get, she, you should get 50, 100 of them boxes, 200 of them boxes from them fans and ran the fans. Shit, let them slide in, tell them to slide in, send, put their addresses, put a special, pick 10 of them and tell them to take they, go to DM you some sort of way or some their addresses and send them a damn box. Shit, act grateful, shit. That's my problems with Beyonce. Act grateful for they crazy ass, them crazy ass beehivers. <laughs> but according to uh, the news.com, uh, it says the Grammy Award winner singer Beyonce has decided to turn her entire album release virtual simply to safeguard the health and safety of her team and fans. Uh-huh. <laughs> Beehive, I'm not going to say it yet. But I'm, you know I'm getting ready to come, okay? You know I'm getting ready to say it in a few minutes. Why it's going to be virtual, okay? It's just, I'm going to tell you why it's going to be virtual because I've already told y'all. I've already told you without the fucking visual. It just it just hits like a resounding, like gong. It's like this. Remember the Gong show when they you read Gong? Somebody that's Beyonce's album without a visual. <laughs> Since B Day, no, wait a minute. I actually did like four. No, no, no. Let me take that back. I like B Day. I was a big Beyonce fan. B Day back, okay. And then I really have. I, uh, uh, then I loved four. The album four. I really did like four. No joke. I like four. I know a lot of y'all didn't, but I did like four. <clears throat> says according to a report by the Sun, Beyonce has decided to scrape, scrape the live concert plans in favor of more virtual concerts. Girl, but don't nobody want to see, just put it on HBO. Don't nobody want to see no virtual concerts. All in all, an attempt to curtail the possible spread of coronavirus. virus. Girl, they got a vaccine. Shit, come on out here and dance. Don't nobody give a shit. <laughs> According to a source close to the leading daily, Beyonce and her team are currently mapping out a plan to create a virtual live show to showcase her new music in 2021 now that she can't tour because of COVID. Yes, she can, Beyonce. Yes, she can. Following the success she had, I thought she was retiring. Didn't she say something about she was supposed to be retiring in British Vogue? Now this bitch is going on tour. What's going on here? What's going on around here? <laughs> no, the retirement setup is just a setup for, like, is this going to be the last tour or something like that? You going to do a share and try to get some money? <laughs> fake retirement like Jay-Z. Following the success she had with uh, 2016 albums Lemonade and the and, uh, Disney film Black is King or The Gift or whatever you call it. It's just it's a lot of different names to it. It's just, like I said, it's a Gemini. Okay, She started writing and recording feel-good tracks inspired by new artists Dua Lipa and the Sh- Shandelias. Okay, Delias? She's ready to dance again. In lieu of, the, of all the hard work Singer has put into curating her next album, Beyonce wants to at least put out a virtual show that fans can watch at home. The source in question also added how the singer has no intention of cutting corners despite making her next release viral. She has made it clear she's prepared to pull out all the stops to make it a real spectacle. Let me explain something to you. A lot of Beyonce's things have been virtual. Because I tell you that Beyonce without the Beyonce has no personality in in in, in, in the scale of things like you don't really we kind of imagine what she may be like or whatever and that might be that Scorpio Moon that's kind of hiding her a little bit and shit. She's 
she probably really actually has a personality. But, you know, I mean, she did back in the day, like early day back in Destiny Child, where she used to be on all kinds of talking and everything. She she seems so fun. Now she seems like a robot, you know. So, but the the thing is about Beyonce is that Beyonce really needs to perform. Her music just doesn't do it without the performance. And I feel like that 80% of Beyonce's success is her performance. Uh, 20% is her her voice. The rest is not the music, I, I, and you know. And I think Beyonce can sing. I think Beyonce is ultra, ultra talented. I think Beyonce is a beautiful girl. Uh, I just have always thought her music was okay. Nothing to call home the cows about. She is a virtual performer. She is a, a she, not a virtual performer. She is a stage performer, and you always have to have the visual with her. So it, 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 she talking about she going to do a visual. The last fucking couple of albums have been fucking visual albums. I mean, I would even say B-Day was kind of visual. Because she released the whole B-Day. Remember she released it? She, visual is very, it's very important for Beyonce to read. See, that's the secret. They, that's the secret no one knows. She has to have, and listen, it's just like in the day when artists used to do videos. You know, Janet Jackson used to do great videos, Okay. Janet Jackson is also a great performer, but Janet Jackson is also, even though Janet Jackson is quiet and shy, she's not boring. I mean, you know, you get to see, uh, you know, you do see a sim, uh, a semblance of a personality there. You know, when she talks, you, you, you're not seeing kind of like, I don't know, you her eyes ain't empty. But I, but I, at the same time, Janet has a really good music, a really good music catalog, and you can you can actually listen to her catalog without her visual. You don't, I don't need Janet to dance around, even though dancing is very much a part of Janet's artistry. You know, Jan, Janet doesn't have a big voice, but a part of her artistry is the performance. But it's not just the performance. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and Janet, like Velvet Rope is a classic. I don't need Janet dancing to hear Velvet Rope. I don't need Janet, uh, and you know, there's some Beyonce songs I really like, and I don't need Beyonce to to perform on. But to me, most of Beyonce's music requires a visual. Otherwise, it 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 would dud out. It would come across as a dud. Okay, and um, Beyonce needs to perform because she has the bravado in music. Has she's very competitive to her peers. Okay, because she knows she works really hard, so she's constantly talking about the other women, like you bitches bow down, bitches, and 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 I'm the diva and all that shit. Like that, she's very competitive, and she lets you know, like y'all bitches can't fuck with me when it comes to performance. Okay, and I ain't mad at her for that on that, because she performs her ass off, but they can fuck with you musically. <laughs> so you got, she got to have that visual album. I know what she talking about. She getting a visual album because of. Uh, uh, coronavirus. No, 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 Beyonce. You're not doing one because of coronavirus. You're doing a visual album because you have to. Same thing with Lemonade. I mean, people are going to buy it anyway. Even if she didn't drop a visual with it, people will buy it because the Beehive's crew is radic. But the problem is her music does need a visual. Same thing with... um, uh, uh, lemonade, lemonade needed a visual. Otherwise, it would have hit the dust. Like it, it's so dope. Like when she show up on the, with the New Orleans background, 
uh, you know, and how, you know, that video, it, it, she needed that visual because the song wasn't shit without it. Like, like I got hot sauce in my bag swag. It might sound awkward. I see it. I want it. But she, it sounded better. It, it comes off better when the visual is with it. You know what I'm saying? It just is what it is. I mean, I, I just, it's just, it's just, it's just how I feel about her as an artist. She has to have those visuals because she's a good-looking, she has sex appeal, and she has to be able to show that. I mean, Black is King was a dud. Uh, the Gift, Black is King, you know, the duo album. She should just call it Gemini. That, that, that album, The Gift, because it's Black is King and The Gift is the same people. It's the same record, same music. She should she she had what little success the, the the that the gift garnered, it was because of her visuals. The music was just okay. It was creative, it was different, but it was more to me along Solange's lane. It was Beyonce trying to be Solange and I didn't quite get it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, good luck to the virtual tour thing. She does need a virtual tour. I know she showed up in uh, um, uh, British magazine. It looked really good too, the covers and stuff like that. Let me see what. Let's see if we can pull that up. Beyonce showing up on the cover. British Vogue. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, you guys. For a beehive real mad at me now Time like Beyonce don't need no business They delusional <laughs> uh, Beyonce on Vogue She says I've decided to give myself Permission to focus on my joy How Beyonce uh, Tackled 2020 And it says Uh it's always going to be special. How could it not be? And yet I'm sure I could have predicted how having Beyonce and icon music, fashion, and culture for more than 20 years on Vogue's cover this month would finally come to pass. And this is the person that she's talking about, uh, how she started, how she came to uh, come to enter. She said, everyone from Alex. Anna McQueen to Oscar De La Renta, Westwood to Burberry, Fendi to Christopher, John Rogers jumped at the challenge. I guess to uh, every meticulous, ever meticulous with her collaborators, Beyonce, like me, wanted to work with a black female image maker, and we settled on the gifted artist and photographer, Kendi Carter, a bright talent who hails from the American South, like her famous subject. Although Beyonce prefers to let her work do the talking, as she has this summer with her extraordinary visual album, Black is King. Eh, y'all hyped that album up. It was a dud. I say that Disney needs to put it on ABC during the Christmas holidays. It won't be a dud anymore. Should have been. A, it should have went straight to ABC in the first place. <clears throat> but it was visually beautiful. Okay, it was. It was visually. It didn't make no sense, but it was visually. It was just them repackaging up the gift. Okay, uh, and it says uh, 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 she knew this. This was a moment to speak. And speak she does on everything from recent racial and social justice movements to her personal legacy. Fascinating creative process. As much as as much love fashion label Ivy Park as well as a home with the husband Jay Z and children Blue Ivy eight and three year old twins Surrey and Rummy. Throughout it all, Beyonce told me she had a very important goal. She wanted to have fun. 
fun can feel like a radical act right now, but at 39, she is a woman in her prime, uh, happy in herself, happy in her body, and able to claim the power of that. In the middle of the madness this has been that has been 2020, you will see that all above, above all, Beyonce wants us to remember the rebelliousness and impact of a simple concept, joy, okay? Um... Let's see what she says. They asked her, do she still love to dress up? She says, during quarantine, fashion was a place of escape for me. My kids and I came from uh, came up with Fashion Fridays. Every Friday we would dress up in my up in clothes or make clothes together or take each other's pictures. It became a ritual for us and an opportunity to handle this crazy year together. The newest Ivy Pride collection was inspired by this new tradition. It's cons- it consciously uses bright, bold colors to remind us to smile. Okay, she said, I use a lot of neon yellow and coral mixed with baby blue and earth tones that felt soothing. I really like this line, Beyonce. I really liked it better than the first one. The first one sucked, and you just got off of, you just got off because you sent out a lot of celebrities' boxes and shit, and they opened it up online like they was anticipating shit, and it still made it sell, but the shit was ugly. But the second line was really good, okay? Uh, <laughs> they brought me joy and made me smile in the midst of time, Okay. Uh, let's see. She's talking about Ivy. She started off talking about uh, uh, blue eye, uh, the Ivy part. She said uh, she tries to work with people who push me to become a better artist and human. I love creating a bridge for talented artists who wouldn't typically work together. It's bringing together all those perspectives and experiences that creates great storytelling. I believe a great art is discovered when you when you are consistent or hard worker and combine that with vision, your gift finds its home point. Look at this. Why is finding undiscovered talent so important to you? Not everyone has the opportunity to be hired to work at Vogue or Director Fit. <sighs> let me stop. Let me can let me let me explain something, okay? I feel like Beyonce and and this is probably my my this maybe why I don't like Beyonce as uh, as much Anymore, and, you know, I just find I find it annoying. Incre- I find it very increasingly annoying when people have fame, and and it's nothing wrong. I understand that every famous person just you know just don't you know they they don't know what to do with it. But uh, and I understand her position. Listen, I understand that that's a very hard position to be in. To whom much is given, much is required. Okay, but I feel like when you when you have the world uh, at your feet and people are worshiping you like you're some sort of god or some sort of thing, I say when you're playing the god game, to me you have a responsibility to uh, be something. Because for, for me, when God gives you that kind of uh, power and influence. You have to make basically. Uh, you can't be a shadow or a robot out here walking. You know, like you can't be a, a, a person that just comes on to sell your shit. You can't just show up to fucking just show blue eyes, sell blue. Uh, 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 what is it called? This is the Ivy Park shit. Okay, like you know, her ass is on Bridge Vogue because Ivy Park came in. You know, you have to be something deeper and more and, and, and have more perspective. So I get kind of annoyed with artists like Beyonce when they only show up to sell shit. 
and then they got a couple of things, deep things to say about the way the world is going. It's like, it's like I don't want to hear you. Like, I just, I really just don't care. I mean, so I just see her as a product placement person. I don't see Beyonce as anything deeper. And with that much energy and that much power behind you, I feel like we should see more of you. You just can't afford to be a silent robot because you're scared of what, uh, how people perceive you. You're scared that you might uh, lose some fans. You can't. I, I mean, if, for me, then what does the fame? What is it for? What is it for? Maybe you started off to just creatively sing and dance, and maybe you started off to just this and that. But it, when when fame comes along and influence comes along, it gives you something much more powerful. And I understand these people have to be very careful in how they move and what they say. I get all of that, but I also believe that that is that that type of thing is not given to you without a responsibility. And I feel like I just don't like. Her like that, that she walks around. She says the same things in the interviews over and over again. There's some little things different in this interview, but I did notice that she only comes. She came out when the Ivory Park line was out. And I just think you owe it to you. You owe much more to your fans than that. Like who are rabid dogs over you? You know what I'm saying? So that's just my problem with Beyonce. Beehive always to ask me what's my problem. There's my problem. Okay, I have several. But that's that's part of it. But it's a very interesting interview. I think Beyonce uh, gives you a little bit more to herself. She says, uh, they talk about COVID. She said, I try to think of the most productive way I can help. I was able to work with my church in Houston, Texas, my mother, Jack Dorsey, uh, and my mother and Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, to set up testing for a lot of his Houstonians. And Jack and uh, I mean, and these are things that listen. These are things that people have given her to do. When I hear names like Jack Dorsey and stuff like that, it's not that you can't partner with those type of people, but you always know this that it is outside of herself. It, it's, it's something that it sounds like to me something that uh, it doesn't sound like something that she's completely in control of. I don't know. It, it, it's a it's a, it's. I, maybe I misjudge her, okay? You know, I just maybe just, I, I I know Beehive always asks me, why do you go off? Why do you not like her? And, and you know, I have several reasons. But, I, I mean, I, it's not that I don't like her. I have a love-hate relationship. You know, I just see some things I, I don't like. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, well, you know, I mean, you only speak when you want to sell Ivy Park. I mean, I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's just uh, when you show up on your social media, you have this huge social media platform, yet you don't know how to interact with your uh, with your fans who love you. All you do is put a picture up there, or you say something generic or general, and then you say, "Well, because I have to protect my, protect my privacy." You can protect your privacy and still be cordial, still talk to them. Hey, what hey, what did you say about this? Or what? it's like she's almost afraid to to reach out or to interact or to to get to know them. And and and, and it may be a little bit because of stalkers. I know it's stalkers and crazy people out here. That's for regular people. I get that. People, your fans like you. Fans gonna look at you, look you up, and stuff like that, and everything. But you got security shit. They they stalk you if you don't say nothing. My thing is to be to let them in somewhat. Because you've been given this gift, this great gift, and this great platform, use it wisely. 
Don't just show up with some pictures and talk about Ivy Park's ass and shit like that. You know, it's just my personal opinion, okay? Whew. Oh, Lord. So what's next in this news I got to talk about here? Um, we're going to go and break it. I'm going to try to get all the news out for you guys. I'm supposed to talk. We talk about Beyonce and her uh, her British Vogue. Let's see here. Dr. Dre. That's what I want to talk about. Dr. Dre's ex wife out here, ch- child. I mean, she ain't ex yet. But she's out here doing the most, okay? She, she's going to make sure. Dr. Dre, I'm about to start calling you like I called Dwayne Wade. No peace, Dre. Okay? I used to call Dr. I used to call Dwayne Wade No Peace Wade. This is according to YahooNews.com. It says, in the months since confirming their impending divorce, the estranged couple has consistently made headlines over abuse allegations, a prenup dispute, alleged embezzlement, and multimillion-dollar spousal support requests. This week, Young has reportedly filed legal documents in an attempt to find out if Dre had any children outside of their marriage. Jesus. Jesus was like, I don't have nothing to do with that, Carlotta. Don't be calling me. Okay? <laughs> TMZ reports Young is demanding Dre to hand over any paperwork in connection with paternity action in which he might have been involved. It's unclear, however, if such evidence exists. News of the request comes about a week after it was revealed that Young is trying to subpoena three of Dre's alleged mistresses. According to the Daily Mail UK, Young's court Young's court filing seeks dispositions from skincare entrepreneur Killy Killy Anderson, as well as artist Jillian Spear and Crystal Rogers, aka Crystal Sierra. However, the women are attempting to stay out of the increasingly messy legal battle, arguing they had no information relevant to the couple's prenup agreement. The women have the women have neither confirmed nor denied any alleged relationship with Dre. Any extramarital affair would be irrelevant because California is a no-fault divorce state, and in pleading in a pleading of proceeding for dissolution of marriage or legal separation of the parties, including disposition and discovery proceedings, evidence of the specific acts of misconduct is improper, inadmissible. The women's attorney, Chris Lafayne, told Daily Mail. Okay, listen, Dr. Dre's wife signed the prenup agreement back in 1996, and apparently she thought his ass had tore it up, and he was telling her he was going to tear that shit up. You can't, girl, you can't get nobody. It ain't about tearing no, nothing up. He probably got copies, about 20 copies stashed. It's about going to the court when you thought you, you, need, you need to revise your agreement. You can't play no games with type, these type of men like Dr. Dre. You can, You should have been that. That's your fault, and you a lawyer too, sis. But anyway, now she's looking for mistresses. She's looking on the rocks for mistresses. She's looking for babies. She, she, It's sad. Now, Dre, you don't have exactly the good reputation out here anyway, okay? But for some reason, you've been able to slide on through where others haven't been able to slide on. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you got, I mean, Dr. Dre has not had a great reputation, allegedly. I mean, you know, you hear about the abuse to Michelle A., allegedly. You hear about, you remember D. Barnes and shit. I mean, you know, just not a good, but he still managed to get, make great music, get a, a hit, and still managed to not get Me Too yet. So listen here, Dre. I mean, 
Don't be a no peace dude. Give her some money. Settle for a nice settlement, not for what you fucking signed in 1996. You know that is not the thing to do. She's going to write books. She's going to do all kind of shit because she's pissed right now because of something. So I say have some peace of mind because you can make, unless you reach your peak already. But I'm sure you got a couple of more hit albums, production albums in you to produce and stuff like that. You can make that money back probably quickly if you get in the studio and focus. Quit running around out here with these damn mistresses, allegedly. <laughs> okay? Give that chick her money and move on in your life. Go on and give her $100 million. And, Nicole, take $100 million. Shit, uh, $200 million and get your ass going. Talking about you uh, you want a million dollars a month because your lifestyle. Girl, move out that damn mansion. It ain't going to be nothing but you now. No way. Your, your kids is grown and shit. If he got $200 million to give you, take it. $150 million, take it and chill. Shit. Stop. Stop all the foolishness. Go. You get your life back. You got your life. You a lawyer. You done got some money out of it. And the best thing to do is move on. Forgive and let go. And let Dre's ass be out there and do what he does with his old ass, okay? My goodness. When, we come, when I come back, y'all, we're going to wrap up the show. I got a few more topics, uh, a celebrity gossip that I got to talk about with y'all. Uh, Kanye West getting 60,000 votes. Tyler Perry, Lord, he's going to hire some writers. Pandemic closing churches and common talks to uh, uh uh, uh, common talks about Jaguar right, okay? So we go, oh, and we got to talk about Van Jones and uh, crying up on CNN, looking like an idiot. Maybe I'll get time for that tonight. And Eva Longoria getting her ass dragged, rightfully so, okay? We'll talk about that and a whole lot more on the last hour. I'm going to wrap it up. But meanwhile, let's hear this one by, by Joe. I love me some Joe. You know, early Joe, I used to wonder, why was Joe always singing about other people's women? <laughs> Joe's the type of dude that will steal your girl. <laughs> Joe will steal your girl, and especially with lyrics like this, one of my favorite damn songs. This this song, I used to, this used to be my song when I was in college, boy, back in the day. Woo, all the things your man will do. Joe sang this. Joe will steal your girl. Joe's songs, early songs, was nothing about but stealing people's women. He was out here just stealing people's women. <laughs> Here's Joe, y'all. The things your man will do. It's the Call Out of Chat with Show. I'll be back in a moment. Hey, love. You say you need someone to be there for you. To love you all night long. It's kind of funny, but I don't think you have to look no further. Tell me what kind of man would treat this woman so cold Treat you like you're nothing when you're worth more than gold Girl, to me, you're like a diamond I love the way you shine A hundred million dollar treasure I give the world to make you mine Right in your hand 
Cause all the places he was not And from he never knew it gets you hard Nothing is forbidden when we touch Baby, I wanna do all of the things you may want to do Baby, Kanye said he probably going to do it again. 
After, and this is according to Deadline.com, it says after a night of ballot counting, Kanye West passed 60,000 votes in the race for president of the United States. West was on the ballot in 12 states. His exact count has a 10.30 p.m. Western Wednesday was 60,761. Most states in, in question were above 90%, with the notable exceptions of Colorado, Utah, Mississippi, Vermont. Those all those were all above seventy percent counted. Kanye's up updated state by state breakdown is as follows, according to the AP. Okay, in Arkansas, forty thousand four thousand of y'all voted for him. In Colorado, six thousand. Idaho, three thousand six hundred thirty-one. Iowa, three thousand two hundred two. Kentucky, six thousand two hundred fifty-nine. Louisiana, 4,894. Minnesota, seven. Wow, he got some fans up in Minnesota. 7,789. Mississippi, 3,277. Oklahoma, uh, 5,590. Tennessee, big numbers in Tennessee, 10,216. Utah, 4,344. And Vermont, 1,265. Okay. Uh, it says, while the TV networks were laser focused on the race between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, a good number of social media users were focused on another candidate, Kanye West. West's name was trending on Twitter after the hip hop superstar made a series of posts to his account chronicling what he said was the first time he had ever voted in his life. Kanye being Kanye said he cast a ballot for himself. <laughs> I love Gemini. I just love <laughs> That's why I tell y'all, Gemini's are so crazy. You know, you're going to miss y'all. Y'all going to miss Donald Trump. I'm going to tell y'all, if Donald Trump, if Donald Trump leaves, because he might not leave, Gemini's are lucky as fuck, too. Let me just tell y'all that, too. <laughs> you do realize that Gemini and a Scorpio is going at it right now, right? Like Joe Biden is a Scorpio, <laughs> and, and and what's the name is a Gemini? Like the Scorpios and Geminis are just like fucking going at each other's throats right now. <laughs> twice this Gem, and let me just say this: twice this Gemini has had to go up, up against two Scorpios. Two fucking one is a nice pretending to be a nice Scorpio, which is Joe Biden, which he's not nice at all. Okay. <laughs> And the second person is uh, was Hillary, who wasn't fucking. He was just a fucking Scorpio. <laughs> and he beat, he beat Hillary's ass decisively. Now he's dealing with this sneaky ass Scorpio, and this Gemini is pissed. Okay, because he's trying to figure out how am I gonna deal with this sneaky ass Scorpio. He ain't as straight up as Hillary. Okay, but don't underestimate them fucking Gemini's. Okay, don't underestimate they ass. They the air. They just all around you. Even us Scorpios, we can't underestimate their asses, okay? (laughs) So, I'm going to tell you right now, Donald Trump probably going to end up president (laughs) again for the second term. (laughs) Because the Scorpio, I'm going to tell you right now, Joe, Joe better know where he at. Because them Gemini's will turn on, on, they will turn into air on you. And, and blow and, and cause a storm on the sea. Shit. That's what he's doing right now. <laughs> well, this one, this other one, Kanye West. Kanye West is, they they so entertaining. 
That's why I say y'all going to miss Donald. Y'all going to miss him. Scorpios is not as entertaining unless they got some air or something. They try. I mean, they, you know, y'all can be, but not. We ain't near like <laughs> the Gemini's were. Hilarious, okay? But it said, it's safe to say at least 60,000 Americans voted for Reds who ran as an independent, while a few states were under uh, 80% reported as of this writing. Our count puts him at 59,781 uh, total votes. That's a pretty guess, good guess. He'll go over 60,000 by the time the states are fully counted. Shout out to Kanye on your first run, okay? Listen, he said he's going to record again, okay? He said Kanye believes in Kanye. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I should have voted on this man. I would have voted on this crazy ass Gemini. But hilarious. I, I laugh at it. I think about Kanye being a Gemini. And I think about Donald Trump being a Gemini, and then Donald Trump, the last two years in politics, he's been fighting Scorpios. Then it's a very weird dynamic between Geminis and Scorpios. <laughs> you know, people say we are the worst. People say Geminis and Scorpios are the worst combinations to be together if you're in relationships with them or something like that. Just the worst. Because, you know, Scorpios are totally possessive, you know. Even though I'm, I'm an airy Scorpio, so I don't, I, I have a little of that obsession, possessiveness, but not as much. I'm so much a Libra, and I have so much a Libra stellium in my chart. And I have my Venus and my Mars is in Libra, okay? So so I love like a Libra, you know what I'm saying? So it's sort of like, eh. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily have all the Scorpion uh, traits, but then I'm a 27 degree Lilith. Scorpio. I'm a true black little Scorpio, so <laughs> I scare people with that one. <laughs> but, you know, hey, so I do have some of that, okay? But, yeah, it's so funny, the dynamics of the Geminis and the Scorpios. In these, these, these two political cycles, we've seen Scorpios try to go up against this Gemini. Now, the Scorpio, the first Scorpio lost. She lost, she lost shockingly because he fucking turns into the air on her. She didn't see it coming. And this one, I think, is going to, it couldn't possibly happen <laughs> Unless you owe your P's and Q's, because remember, they can turn two on you. They can start. <laughs> Jim and I can turn, they can, they can be two or three people on you. It's, you know, it's, I, I don't underestimate John, Donald Trump not conceding. I don't underestimate him at all. I don't underestimate the power of Donald Trump, the power of, of a, Gemini, a Gemini. A good Scorpio would understand that he is the heir. And what is it? She's a, she's a Scorpio. She's not a Scorpio. Wait a minute. Let's look at uh, Kamala Harris real quick before I go into this. Before I go into this. Kamala is, what is Kamala? I think she's a Libra. She's a Cusper kind of. Let's see. Where is she? Yep. Yep, she's kind of right on the cusp. Wow, she's almost a Scorpio. Let's see here. <laughs> yeah, she's she's three days out, so she's a Libra. So the Libra could probably help him in dealing, balancing, and dealing with. Let me see where her where her. Uh, 
see if I can find her chart. Let's see what she working. So yeah, I go blank on here for a minute because I'm looking this up here. Uh, astrology natal chart of Kamala Harris. What is she's one October twentieth? She's a Libra. Uh, wow. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay, so her sun is in Libra. Her moon is in Aries. Interesting. Her ascendant is in Gemini, okay? Um, very interesting chart. Well, she a trip. She might be tricky, too. Donald got two tricky ones up on the, uh, 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 up, up, that Aries moon is interesting. Wow. Very interesting. Her sun moon is opposition. This is where an article says uh, she Kamala Harris was born October twentieth, nineteen sixty four, at nine twenty eight p.m. in Oakland, California. She came in the world during the fall moon in Aries, which means she has a Libra sun and an Aries moon. Her sun moon opposition means that she is a purveyor of truth, justice, and peace, and she won't stop on this pursuit until she achieves her goals. Now, wait a minute, okay? Because that Aries moon too, she can be the opposite. She can be very much the opposite. It doesn't mean she's a purveyor of true justice and peace. Always, it does not mean that she might try that, but she it, she's got some. Uh, she got that ascendant in Gemini. Her Gemini ascendant means that she's very open to growth and bringing people together. Mm-hmm. It can mean some other things too. Her opinions are based on facts and truth. Her belief she's fair-minded, passionate, and someone who wants to change the world through the universal healing. Joe Biden was born November twentieth. He's almost a customer too. Uh, he's born during waxing full moon, which means the moon was just about to be at the peak luminous. Like Harris Biden is a person who cares about people of the world. He's not a person who puts politics first. Uh, he generally wants to help others. Uh, it's somebody being very nice in this chart. Has I took about, I took again, I've started seeing the charts different separately. I marvel that they synergy, their relationship. In comparison to Berkshire, they ascendances and now that could be that could be helping against Donald because uh, it's it's that Scorpio and Libra coming together. But listen, you know I would not I remember I, what they got to remember is that Donald Trump got a lot of hidden gems in his his over there on his campus, especially that daughter who's a full blown Scorpio too. So um, it's it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, um, uh, see them. I've I've seen a lot about their choice, even the bad parts, because they could be actually the opposite, you know. Uh, but uh, Donald Trump is a Gemini sun, uh, Sagittarius moon. I forget what he, ascendant Leo. He's a Leo. He has a Leo ascendant. Okay, so he's like he he's he he's supposed he's he's doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, Joe Biden, Scorpio Moon, Scorpio Sun. I don't know what Joe. I forgot. I forgot what Joe Biden's Moon is in. Very interesting. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Very interesting. Those two. We might, we'll see what I have, but we'll see. And Jim's been lucky. <laughs> okay. What is next here? Okay. What else? I want Tyler Perry set to. Employ. When I heard this, new directors and writers. Let's get. Let's all just raise our hands and give God some praise right now. That Tyler Perry is seeing the need 
to, to, to bring in writers because let me tell you about Tyler Perry and he's like these shows he got and, and people pausing long periods of time back and forth. Did you say something to me? And they said, we're looking at the actor and saying to another actor and the other actor waits for a long period. No, I did not say something to you. Did you say something to me? That's Tyler Perry scripts on these little shows he put on on own. That's how the actors be talking. <laughs> So he definitely, definitely needs to appoint new directors and writers. And shout out to Tyler Perry for doing this. This is great. Uh, the griot.com, it says in January 2020, Tyler Perry told his Twitter followers that he's the only writer and director of many of his TV shows and movies. Child, we know. Founder and CEO of the Tyler Perry Studios, a 330-acre lot located in the heart of Atlanta, has changed his previous stance on having no writer's room. According to Verity, Perry Fifty now wants to infuse his empire with new and fresh ideas of young creators. Lord, thank you. He needs to see this is what this is what helps you grow. See, you know, I was okay with Tyler when he was putting out certain types of content the first few years. I, I was a big Tyler fan. I didn't knock him because I understand he was trying to build. But when you kept doing it after you got to a certain point and I saw no growth in his writing and stuff, I knew he needed, you need other people to come in the room. You need other other people to expand you, and him not wanting to do that, I thought that was crappy. So I'm glad that he is doing this with young creators. He says the move could be a brand new idea, but some speculate that it was Perry's vision all along to establish his studio before doing, uh, doling out creativity authors authority to others. No, I don't think that. I think Tyler got tired of people criticizing him and and talking about him, I don't think he, that's what he's gonna try to give an excuse and say that yeah, I'm trying to wait for my studio. But that that I don't think that's the case. I think Tyler got tired of people criticizing his writing and stuff, and he figured now is the time to do it, which is good. Since Michelle, Michelle Sneed, president of production and development for Tyler Perry Studios, told Verity that uh, Perry's plans to bring dynamic filmmakers and writers on board. We're super excited about the young up-and-coming filmmakers and new writers that we're working with. He said, Tyler uh, has solidified his place in the industry. His brand is amazing. We'll continue to grow that. Then on the other side, we're working on and promoting and providing a platform and advocating for this new talent, but in front and behind the cameras. And that is important. You know, listen, it's amazing that Tyler writes all those plays and stuff like that, but at some point you need growth, and bringing in other writers never can hurt, especially when you have a lot of money. It's hiring somebody, and they have, and especially if you're awesome writers and awesome creatives, that does nothing but help you, okay? That does nothing but help you and your brand, okay? So so when you have, when the people up under you become successful, it is good for you. So hopefully uh, his the writers and people that are coming along are really good for him and end up uh, end up being a success for him. Okay, according to rhymeswithsnitch.com, it says Common addresses Jaguar right accusations. This is back in August, Neo Soul singer Jaguar right, um, you know, I guess happened trying to have oral sex with her on, on while they were on tour together back in the 90s. Common finally addresses the allegation. In an interview with Power 99 in Philadelphia, Common admits he was hurt and stunned by Jaguar's claim and flat out denied her accusation. Common also said after he got over the initial shock, of, he began to have empathy for Jaguar and realized she must be going through something to make such a horrible lie. 
Now, <clears throat> I've talked about Jaguar right on here a number of times. Uh, Jaguar is a person that she she talked with in her interview with Tasha K. She very much talked about her struggles with uh, mental illness, uh, our, our, our struggles with, uh, I don't know if I should call it mental illness, but struggles with uh, uh, health problems uh, with, with, as far as uh, personal, I think some personality disorders. So, yeah. And, um, you know, that interview didn't go over very well. People know that that interview was notorious all over social media a few weeks ago. Uh, but, uh, uh, uh I never dismiss Jaguar as a liar. I'm not saying that she's telling the truth on common, but I, I'm saying that a lot of the other stories she was telling, I had heard some of those stories before. That doesn't mean that she was telling the truth or not telling the truth, but I don't dismiss her that way because she has some um, problems. I feel like there's probably truth. It's, it's probably a mixture. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but I'm not saying that was common, but it, it but uh, it, it was a very interesting thing about what she, what Jaguar had to say about people in the industry. And I'm now I'm kind of glad she's calming down because I, I really hope she focuses more on her career and her music because she's such a talented artist. Okay, and when you got that much talent, I know people probably did you wrong in the industry. I know they probably uh, did you didn't do you that well. But when you got that much talent, the best revenge is to is to is to uh, uh, not let them uh, get to you where they drive you out of your gifting. Don't ever let somebody drive you out of your grip and your creative skill set. Okay, so. Uh, you know, to me, uh, if she used that creative gift and skill set and then talked her shit, I would have been okay. But uh, I'm hoping that she's starting to hone more, uh, starting to hone her into her creative vibe more, and and we get to hear from her from a more musical perspective and stuff like that. And it's fun to hear the stories too. I pray she learns how to add the stories about the industry that she knows in a more balanced way for her, so that she can come across better to uh, uh, better, uh, you know, outside of the perception of her being crazy, people thinking she's crazy. I don't think so at all. And I hear I think she sounds very intelligent, but, uh, you know, I think there's a time and place for everything, too, okay? So very interesting uh, there, okay? And Eva Longoria downplays black women's key role in 2020 election. It's dragged. This is according to Bossel.com. Uh, it says, yes, years from now, we'll look back on 2020 election and remember that over 90% of black women showed up, showed out to save the country in a truly iconic outpouring of support that uh, one key state was ultimately the White House for Joe and Kamala. While anyone would attempt to downplay this, we don't know. But Eva Lingora, who appeared to be an ally, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, was the per- was that person? I'm y'all know y'all. Was that person who pushed back women aside to gush over Latinos during her now infamous MSNBC interview? Okay, um, even Longoria to Ari Melbourne on the impact of Latina women, that spirit and that perseverance that Latinos use in their daily life, the struggle to pay their bills and the struggle to show up to their job, that's the same perseverance and spirit they used to show up at the polls, okay? And they showed up for both sides. You know, even though Cubans were majority down there in uh, 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 Florida, listen, it's a lot of Hispanic, um, um, Mexicans, 
and Puerto Ricans and stuff that are conservative and that be voting conservative too, okay? 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 But let's hear Eva uh, talk her ish that got her in trouble. Let's see if we can pull this in. Uh, the power of young voters, and particularly a diverse coalition, and, and really co- people of color, but specifically women of color, putting Joe Biden over yeah. the top and what that means. If that all yeah. exploded along with, you know, a, a clear margin on Tuesday night, that might have sunk in. Instead, we had a lot of other stuff between that. It doesn't really matter. And so I, I wonder what you think about that, because going forward, yeah. this is also about power. And does the Democratic Party understand why it's back in power? Yeah, I think I think you bring up a good point. I mean, I think, uh, you know, campaign financing needs to be looked at. I think the way in which we campaign, there were so many false ads in Florida in Spanish. Spanish wasn't regulated the same as in English. And so uh, I do think we need to take a look at that. Again, our, our work is just beginning. But I want to talk about what you just said about the women. The women of color showed up in big ways. Of course, you saw uh, in Georgia, with what uh, uh, black women have done, but that Latina women were the real heroines here, beating men yeah. at turnout in every state and voting for Biden Harris at an average rate close to three to one. And and that wasn't surprising to us. You know, Latinos are the CEOs of the households. They make all the financial decisions and healthcare decisions and educational decisions. Many Latinas are small business owners and they wanted a plan for recovery um, for themselves, not for Wall Street. And so Trump's policies were never aimed at the struggling Latina community. And, you know, if you look at voter suppression on top of that, how Latinos... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, anyway. You hear, you hear Latinas. Like she said, she saw her whole accent change, and she she just bypassed what black women have done and was ready to up. Now, now the real heroes, though, are Latinos, and you know, we work real hard and everything. Like, black women just sitting around fucking collecting checks or something. Like, we don't work real hard. Bitch, we work real hard. What are you talking about? And we show up like dumbasses with the Democrats, and we dumbasses. The Latinos are actually smart, smarter than, than we are at this point, pop politically. But but she she talking about they show up and they're the heroines of the Democratic Party. No, you ain't. Black women are showing up at 90-some percent to vote for Democrats. You only showing up at 65 percent or 60 percent. Latino women tend to follow their men in households, too. Stop the bullshit, Eva. Let's not trying to usurp whatever black women did for the Democrats. I mean, you know what? It's okay. It don't even matter, black women, because the Democrats ain't going to court you no way. They're just going to thank you and then court the Latinos. That's all that's what's going to happen. That's all, that's all the Latinos who don't, who don't give all their energy to them. Except if you're in Hollywood, because you need to. You have to give all your energy to, to the Democrats to survive. Most Hollywood uh, celebrities and stuff like that, they all, you know, they be Democrats. Got to, you know, you you got to be a liberal mostly to survive Hollywood, child. Okay, so you know, it, it, it was just, it was. That's why I tell people there ain't no brown and black coalition, and I ain't mad at rep your people. I'm a rep mine. There is no coalition. You may have some allies in the in the Latino community. You may have some allies, but for the most part, there is no fucking coalition. Black people, it's just us. 
think we've made a, a very good point to show you proof of what Eva Longoria just tried to do. And people can brag because they know her in Hollywood. Oh, she didn't mean to. She didn't mean to. No, she means just exactly what the hell she said. Okay? So, you know, and I ain't mad at her. You're supposed to rescue people. We don't rep for us. We understand where we understand where it's at. We understand what, what, what's going on. Okay, I don't know why everybody's trying to not, trying to race us to be a number two. We don't want to be number two. We trying to even out the playing field around here, but everybody else want to race black folks for number two. You see how it is out here in the streets? A mess, child. A mess. All right, y'all. I have come to the end of the road. I do I got end of the road, boys, men, end of the road to play. I ain't got Oh, damn. No end of the road. Man, well, remember, I will be back on Saturday because we're having a Saturday show. And this Saturday, Christian Nicole will join me with her book, Africa. What is it? What's the name of the book? The Rain. What is it? Is it The Rain? Oh, my God, I don't have a book in front of me. But Kristen, Kristen Nicole is going to be – oh, yes, I do. She's going to be here uh, Saturday, and we're going to talk about her book, The Rain Africa. It's a children's book. So make sure you tune in for that show. And I'll be doing celebrity gossip and celebrity news a whole lot more. I'm going to tell you guys how my boudoir photo shoot went. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. Okay, so I'll be talking about all that and more uh, Saturday when I come back on, you guys. I don't know if I I probably missed a few stories that I was supposed to tell. It's okay. Y'all going to be all right till Saturday. Y'all be good. Y'all, y'all make it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So let me see. Let me see. Is there anything else I want to talk to y'all about tonight? I don't think, I think that's it. Coming. Yes, I think that's it, y'all. So we will be, I will be back Saturday, God bless, and we will talk about, uh, we got so much to hit on and talk about for celebrity news, and also uh, we're going to talk about um, uh, some more stuff, Uh, I don't know what that is yet, and then Christian Nicole will join us about her book, Africa, the Rain, okay, it's going to make a great Christmas gift for your children, so make sure you guys tune in to listen to her, she's talking about her new book for children about the tribes of Africa. Okay, so really exciting stuff. I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Enjoy it, child. I'm gonna enjoy mine, that's for sure. Okay, I'm gonna definitely enjoy mine. Okay, so y'all have a really, really good one. And we're gonna leave out with what we're gonna leave out with. Shoot, I don't know. Damn it, if somebody got it, me. Somebody, I see some of y'all on the line. That, I don't know if y'all just had that blue thing up. For it's a, it's a few of y'all on the line that have a blue. <laughs> you have your blue thing up. If you can hold on the line, I will just use a few of you guys. I will. Uh, I'm I'm ending the show right now, so I know if y'all had a question, it's a few of y'all like like y'all got a blue the blue light up like I got a question. I can't get y'all. I'm into the damn show. But on the break, I will get y'all and I will answer. I will say when I'm playing the music, I'll come on and see what it is that you needed. And I will try to get you Saturday on the show, okay? Uh, meanwhile, we're going to go out of here with, uh, what are we going to do? Um, damn, I don't know what to end the show with. I always have a damn song I plan on ending the <laughs> And then I'm like, 
I don't know. I thought I had it. Okay, so let's see. Where are we gonna end the show with? Y'all know this is listen. It's a messy show. It's Saturday. I mean, it's damn it. It's Tuesday, and I'm tired, and I'm doing a late night show for y'all that I don't usually do. <laughs> and when I get off, I'm gonna be wide awake. <laughs> okay, so we gonna end it. So it's gonna be it's a little bit of a messy show today, but it's all good. Okay, so we gonna end the show with let's do it. I don't know. My goodness, I'm having a hard time choosing. Okay, I've got it. Just end it with Reby. Okay, I love this song. It's an old song from the in the was this with a did she make this early two thousands or late nineties? I don't know, but I like this Reby Jackson song. We're gonna end it with some Reby Jackson, okay? Uh, yours faithfully. It's the CC show, y'all. I will see y'all Saturday. Have a good week, okay? I am out. Guys, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, you are listening to the live show, but the archive show. Remember, you can uh, hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. You can also hit me up on Carlotta72 and C Chatwood Show on Twitter. Those are two different accounts, okay? But those are my accounts on Twitter. And then Carly's underscore Galaxy on Instagram, okay? Those are ways you can get in touch with me. But if you have something that you want to uh, you want to ask about a show or you want to be on the show or something like that, make sure you hit me up on the Carlotta Chatworth Facebook page, all right? Uh, you can send me a message that way, all right? You guys, again, have a wonderful week. And remember, you can become a member of Block Talk Radio, too. Block Talk Radio is a great place to get your listen on. There's so many great shows on Block Talk Radio, so definitely become a member, okay? And follow the show, okay? I'm out. See y'all Saturday. Bye. Again, bye.